go through some scripture with you just briefly this morning. It's not a long sermon. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Okay. Let's just pray. Okay. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you said that you would change us through your truth. You'd set us free through your truth. That your words would bring us life. Now, Holy Spirit, please come and shed love and life into all of our hearts as we hear Scripture, truth today. Amen. Amen. There's half a verse in Habakkuk 2, verse 4. It's really only half of the verse where it says, The just, the righteous, the believing, will live by his faith. His means her as well, of course. That little phrase, the just shall live by faith, is quoted three times in the New Testament. And I won't go to those, but here's, which is what um, Carmelo quoted earlier, or referred to earlier. Here's where Paul paraphrases it about himself, about this, the just shall live by faith. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, in this human body, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I live by faith in Jesus, the Son of God. How do you become a Christian? Most people would say, by faith. Well, not without the love of God reaching you and the grace and power of God working in you. When, you know, when Jesus said, you must be born again, it wasn't, that wasn't something you can do. And Nicodemus, that he was speaking to, appreciated that. I, how can I, I can't do that. He said, no, you need to be born of God. Only God can give you that new birth, that new start. So becoming a Christian doesn't start with you. It starts with God, who acts with mercy and love and power towards you and starts to change you. So if you find yourself believing things you didn't believe before, because faith is now at work in you. That's the work of God. It's the gift of God. Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, that wasn't of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. So faith begins with God. It's not something we, we offer up to him and it, he then rewards. No, he works it in us, produces it in us. The same way that a, a, work, a, a craftsman makes something, God remakes us into a believing person. Someone who depends upon him and looks to him. So, faith begins with God. And if I want to give you a little definition, my definition of faith, faith is this. People talk about F means this, and A means that, and I means that, and all kinds of things. Let me give you one that I think is broader and more biblical. Faith is obedience, it's trusting God and obedience to God through Jesus' Son. And it is through Jesus' Son. There's no substitute for that. If you don't come to God through Jesus, you didn't come to God. That's what Jesus said. I didn't, didn't make this up. That's what Jesus said. Having been born of God, having been remade into new life, we now live by faith in Him, faith in Jesus' Son. That's what the Bible says about this. Faith is not just an entrance into new life. It is the new life. That's what characterizes this new life. Faith. Faith. By the way, 
if I say to somebody, are you a Christian? They probably say, well, I, I grew up like this and I, I went to this and I did this and whatever else. The thing that defines being a Christian is the, is the clues in the name. Christ. It's that you belong to Him. You follow Him. You trust Him. In fact, your whole life is about Him. That's, that's the clue. You don't sign up to some religion. You don't, just sign, you don't just join some denomination. You become a Christ person. You're a Christ follower. That's what a Christian is. So faith is a way of life. Faith is not an extra bit to life. It's the very core of life and it fills life. It's the way we live. The life I now live, says Paul in Colossians, we just, 2 Corinthians, sorry. The life, Colossians, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. The whole life. Not a bit of life, like Sunday, maybe an hour or two in the week, you know, I'll, you know. This whole life, all of my life, I now live by faith in the Son of God, the one who loved me and gave himself for me. The emphasis in the Bible on faith is it's the now the way we live the whole of our lives. Faith, is, faith shouldn't really have an off switch. Unlike all your electrical appliances, faith needs to stay switched on at all times. There's no part of a human life that God does not see and understand and to which he does not offer his wisdom and help. Whether that's married life, parenting life, work life, God wants to invade every area of our lives with his help, his grace, his wisdom, his strength. The whole life is a life of faith. Being a Christian is not part-time or a pastime. Now, the way I put this together is to think to myself, well, what, what do living things need to live? Yeah? Most living things. There's a few, ex there's a few exceptions, like some weird microbes that live, you know, so far down in the ocean and all that. But most things, most living things need the same things to live. First of all, most living things need food, and faith needs food. Every living thing grows, and everything needs nutrition, food, and a healthy environment. I don't think that many Christians think enough about what they actually need to stay alive, really alive. They're very good at eating, not so good at getting any exercise or getting the proper amount of sleep they need. You know, but they don't think, we don't think enough about how to stay alive to God in Jesus. What feeds and nourishes faith? The central food, the central part of our nourishment is Jesus himself. He's called in John's Gospel, these are words he used about himself, I am the bread of life. How many of you know when you're in a hurry and there's nothing else to grab quickly as you go out the house, you just grab a slice of bread? You slap some butter on it, or in my case, some cheese spread, and out the door. You know? Lunchtime. Don't want to make a big thing, so you make a sandwich. Bread, bread, bread. Bread, in most societies, is the basic food of life. You get a bit of vegetables with it, and you get a bit of... In some cultures, it's rice. But, you know, Middle East and this part of the world, it used to be bread. 
you know. Um, in the diet of most people in England and France and Germany, right up until the late 1800s, most ordinary people, most working people, most less well-paid people ate more bread than anything else. Bit of, bit of fruit, bit of vegetables, bit of meat, but most of their nutrition was bread. Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The biggest thing and the basic thing. It's all about him. He actually tells us in John's Gospel that if we don't eat his flesh and drink his blood, we have no part in him and we have no life in us. That's very graphic language. And it's not just pointing to celebrating communion, breaking bread and drinking wine there. He's saying, you need to kind of feast on me. You, 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 you need to take me in to yourself. You need to, you need to be hungry for his, to know him and to enjoy his presence. Now, you might think that becoming a Christian comes with two lists. And a lot of people think like this. You know, it's a very legalistic approach. You know. If I become a Christian, I've got a don't list. There's all these don'ts. And then over here, there's a, there's a do list. Like I write a to-do list every day of my life, although I won't remember to get the stuff done. Don't worry, it's an age thing. <laughs> so, I need done it recently. So there's a don't list and a do list. And they, they, they think that that's the way it runs. I want to tell you, it doesn't run like that. Because if you live by faith, faith becomes the choice-making mechanism. Is this good or not? Can I do that with faith or not? There's a scripture in Romans 14 says, whatever is not of faith is sin. Sin isn't just, you know, that, what's on the, where, where's the list? It's not on that list, so I, I'm all right, I can do that. No, no, no. Just because it's on the list doesn't mean it's good. We discern, we decide what is appropriate to us as a person living by faith. By, would this please God? Is this good for me, or does it harm me? All right? Certain habits and addictions clearly are harmful to us. Therefore, they're not good. Therefore, they, we can't do them with faith. So, faith towards God is the hinge on which we decide what is appropriate for us. And that becomes a, then a matter of conscience, not a matter of a to-do list and a don't list, but a conscience that's informed by truth and makes decisions that say, can I do this with faith? with thanksgiving to God, receiving whatever it is as a gift from him. We live by faith, making choices and decisions that nurture faith in God and rejecting choices that weaken faith and trust and obedience and dependence upon him. We live in Jesus and for Jesus. And the other kind of food is connected to Jesus himself. It's scripture, the word of God. What input do we need? We need truth. We need truth about Jesus. We need to read the Gospels and get to know him and see him and understand him and say, that's God in human flesh. That's God in, God in a human body. I mean, come on. Extraordinary thing. Where do we find truth in the Bible? God's Word. So we need to be people who are getting input from the Bible. Now, you might say, well, I'm going to tell you, read your Bible every day. Well, yes. But you know what? If you're not good at reading, listen. How many of you got a smartish phone? You know? 
Apple or uh, Samsung or one of those things. <laughs> Androids, you know, what are those googly things? There are apps for every smartphone with which, probably, usually for free, you can get open the Bible and listen to it. I've said many times before, it's only a smartphone if you're smart in using it. Yeah? Do something really smart with your smartphone. Use it to listen to the Bible. And if you've got earphones or Bluetooth earphones or something, you can be listening to the Bible, standing on the bus or standing on the tube train going to work. Nobody knows. <laughs> Turn off the music for, for 20 minutes. Catch up on your Bible reading. Maybe you spend a long time in the bathroom in the morning. I wonder why. <laughs> Men, we do not want to know what ladies do in the bathroom all that time. You can have your phone there and be listening to those long chapters of Ezekiel. You're not having to read them, you're listening to them. There's no disadvantage in listening over reading. For centuries, most people accessed this by hearing it read to them. And they were not at a disadvantage. Because if they were hungry, they listened. And they caught it. So we need truth. The Bible read, listened to, and then also preached and taught to us. All of the above. Read, listened to, thought about, meditated on, preached, taught to us. That's how we get truth. And scripture is compared to bread, to mother's milk, to spirit, and to life. It connects us to the life that we need from Jesus. And if you read John's Gospel, you can't miss how often the Lord Jesus speaks about us receiving and continuing and growing in his words. They're very important. This is how we continue in life, hearing, believing, and acting upon God's Word. Then faith needs the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God. Or God the Holy Spirit. That's a nice image, isn't it? Every living thing, apart from some of those weird microbes, needs oxygen, air. In the Bible, the Holy Spirit is compared to air, wind, and breath from God. He's a person, but he's compared to those things. He's sent from the Father and the Son to be with us, to speak to us, to help us, to inspire, to empower, to equip us. The Christian life cannot be lived without God the Holy Spirit helping us. That's what the message of Romans 8 is, if we live in the Spirit. That's not if you, if you speak in tongues and prophesy. No, you just get on with life. You need the Holy Spirit to be with you, helping you. He's the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He brings life from Jesus and communicates to us, so we learn to follow Jesus. He takes the things that belong to Jesus and makes them real to us and reveals them to us. He reminds us about him. He doesn't glorify himself, the Holy Spirit, which is why it's a very dangerous thing, but many of us, particularly Pentecostals and Charismatics, tend to depersonalize the Holy Spirit. We make him in it rather than a he, because he... He, re he reflects on Jesus so much, we, 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 we miss the point and we diminish him. But he's equal to the Father and to the Son. But he serves their purpose and honors Jesus. 
He's compared in scripture to breath, wind, and water. He's the spirit of life. We don't live out of our spirit, but out by the Holy Spirit. And by the way, spiritual in the Bible doesn't mean being mature or being religious. It means having the Holy Spirit. That's, the, that's what the root of that word means. It means you're someone who lives in and with the Holy Spirit. He accompanies you. He's with you. He's helping you. That's what spiritual means. You know, oh, he's really spiritual, that person. You mean he just looks good on Sundays, that's all. <laughs> we need God the Holy Spirit. That's how to live a life of faith. And then faith needs exercise. The human body needs exercise. When you're young, you need exercise to grow fit and tall, don't you? As well as nutrition, you need exercise. If you have nutrition and no exercise, get what happens. You blow up. But if you get food and exercise, you grow up. When you get older, you, you need to stay active to be healthy. In fact, one of the things that we learned on the news this last few weeks, besides Brexit and, and election and all of that stuff, is one of the keys to good old age is strong legs. Did you read that one? It's that you walk a lot. You stay upright and you walk a lot. You spend time on your feet and you spend time walking around. That will push you into old age healthier than if you spend all day sitting and lounging around. We need exercise to stay healthy as Christians. Faith without action, obedience, James says, is dead. I guess a certain American would say it was fake faith. The real stuff acts. God says something, I understand it, I go and do it. But if I understand the truth and don't do anything with it, James says you're like a man who looks in the mirror and goes, what did I look like? What was that? You've looked at yourself and you walk away and you think of what you look like. That's like the person who looks into the scripture, understands it, but then does nothing with it. Mary's advice, Mary the mother of our Lord Jesus, Mary's advice to the people at the Canaan wedding was whatever he says to you, do it. That's good advice to this day, my friends. Whatever the Lord says to you, go and do it. And you'll feel the reward of heaven. You'll feel the, uh, in a sense, you understand what I'm saying if I say this to you, you'll feel the warm hand of God on your shoulder. Well done. Good idea. We don't earn our way to eternal life by works, but faith produces works. We're saved by grace through faith, but faith does not stay empty. It grows and produces works. Then to move on, because I'm eager to get through the next bit. Faith needs space and place. You think about it, every creature, whether it's a plant or an animal or a microbe, whatever, every living thing needs an environment. It needs a space where it's secure, it's got room to grow, it's got the nutrients coming, it's got room to move around if it needs exercise. Yes? Every living thing needs space and place, an environment suitable to it. If you put a thing in the wrong environment... You take your house plant and you put it out in the morning on a nice, nice uh, frosty morning like yesterday. You just about kill your house plant. 
They're not made for being outdoors in the frost. There's a safe environment for every living thing. A Christian's space and place is the fellowship of the saints. It's the local church. It's having a group of friends who you're committed to. People you can talk to, people you can open up to, people you can, who will pray with you, people you can pray for. The space and place for a Christian is not about geography, it's about community. It's about being part of a people group. We need to belong. I've known people who say to me, I don't go to any particular church, I'm part of the universal church. Oh, for goodness sake. Really. Every one of us needs to belong to somewhere where we have a space we belong. People know us and we know them and, and we can have we can share life together. We share life and faith together. We're always hoping one another to step on in faith. And we do with real life. We don't live in a la la land of like everything's beautiful, everything's good. No, 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 it's all gonna go away. No, 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 it's fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Just lately, life has not been fine for some of us. We've been dealing with stuff. But God is faithful in all of life, and all of life is lived with faith. Yeah? Faith and a faithful God who will promise us He'll take us through every experience of life. And some of it is pretty low. It's pretty hard. Local church means we do life together. We grow up in Him together. Church is not a Sunday meeting. It's a community in which we can be safe and help to grow in following our Master Jesus together. And then faith should grow and mature. Faith doesn't stay little and small. You know, we love little babies, but a little baby who's still the same size when they're like getting into three, four, we go, whoa, where's the doctor? You know? They're supposed to grow, aren't they? And every one of us as a Christian is not just, you know, encouraged to. We're commanded by Scripture to grow. Grow, therefore. Grow. Go on. Grow. We grow older. We don't stay the same. Sorry, let me start that one again. We don't stay the same. None of us stay the same. We grow older. The question is this, and here's the question. Do we grow up? You don't have any choice about growing older, but you choose to grow up. You choose to to accept things that, that challenge you and change you so you become more mature. Yeah. And so we, the, this life of faith is we choose to live in faith and by faith in Jesus, the Son of God, growing to become more like Him. So when I read the Gospels, I'm admiring someone, but I'm also seeking to emulate Him. I need to become more like Him. I need to learn how... He functions. I need to look at the way he has compassion for people. I need to look at the way he deals very directly with things that are challenges to him. He doesn't back off challenges. He deals with them. Not by being aggressive, not by being rude, but he deals them straight out, firmly. You know, I need to learn these things from my master because the reason we are here is to become more like him. It's called sanctification. And it's salvation stage two. Salvation stage one, you're forgiven your sins. Stage two, you learn to be like him. 
And all of that is the life of faith. I'm crucified with Christ. I'm dead. But the life, and yet I live. But the life I now live, and Paul's amplifying this, Hebrew, this Habakkuk scripture, the life I now live, the just shall live by faith. The life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. If I was to ask you, I'm not being rude, well, maybe I am, <laughs> If I was to say to you, what is your life about? Would that be your answer today? My life is about belonging to and following Jesus. Knowing him. Shall we pray together? In this moment, Having given you that challenge, I want to give you a moment to respond to that challenge. Not to me. It doesn't. It's no matter what you think about me or what to say to me, really. But if you feel, you sense that the Lord is speaking to your heart, calling you to faith or calling you to to lay hold again of the deeper, the the, 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 the central purpose of why you're a Christian, following Jesus. Why don't you make a response to him right now? Say, Lord, here I am. I, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm on the spot. Here I am, Lord. Come and help me, Holy Spirit, to focus in again on why I'm a believer and what life is about. Or if you've never yet become a Christian, ask him right now to help you to start to become one. It's about knowing him, following him, being forgiven your sins, being given you life, all in and through Jesus. Father in heaven, I commit and commend to you any little prayers from different hearts that have gone on right now in these moments. Holy Spirit, you who are the revealer of Jesus to people, come and fill those hearts with his presence, with some understanding of being now connected to him, that this faith doesn't just shoot out into the universe and land somewhere, but it's actually like a rope that attaches them to Jesus. I pray that day by day, we all of us will learn and grow in faith in the Son of God. Amen. Amen. Thank you.